0: Chapter 50 of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. No Quarter by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter 50 An Ambuscade. Steaming at the nostrils, Saladin was for the second time brought to a stand, head to head with old stable comrades that snorted recognition. "'for, with Colonel Walwhim "'was Rob Wilde and others of his troop. A "'Hurried explanation ensued, "'Sir Richard first asking, "'Your guards, you were being escorted?' Uh, "'Yes, I've given them the slip. "'Where are they now?' "'Coming up the hill. "'You hear them?' "'Hush,' enjoined the knight, "'speaking to those around him, "'and all became silent, listening. "'Voices, with a quick trample of hooves, "'and, at short intervals, "'a call as of command. "'From far below, and but faintly heard. The road was almost subterranean, and wound up through a dense wood. "'What's the number?' again questioned the knight. "'Nigh two hundred. Nearly all Lincoln's horse, and about twenty prisoners.' "'Is Lincoln with them?' eagerly asked an officer by Sir Richard's side, who seemed to share the command with him. "'Colonel Kyle, Captain Trevor,' said the knight, introducing them. "'I suppose you are aware we've taken Monmouth?' "'I was not,' "'But I'm happy to hear it. "'Yes, Colonel,' replying to Kyle. "'Lingen is with them. "'Coming on in the pursuit.' "'Over the features of the ex-royalist "'came an expression of almost savage joy, "'as one who had been longing to confront an old and hated foe, "'and knew the opportunity near. "'I'm glad,' he exclaimed as in soliloquy. then seemed to busy himself about his arms. "'His presence was near, being a sorry thing for me. "'The inhuman scoundrel,' rejoined the escaped prisoner. How so? I heard him give the order to fire on me, as I was making off. And they did? That explains the shots were here at Walwyn. Oh, well, young sir, to Trafford, you seem to bear a charmed life, but we must back into ambush. You take the right, Dick. L- let me look to the left and give the clue to fall on. I asked that from my better knowing the ground. So be it, assented Sir Richard, and the two commanders, parting right and left, rode back a little way within the wood. Where each had a body of horse drawn up and ready for the charge. The conversation, hurriedly carried on, had consumed but a few seconds' time, and in an instant after the causeway was clear again, only a had left under cover to signal the approach of the pursuers. Captain Trevor, of course, went with his colonel, but now carrying a sword and pistols, supernumerary weapons which had been found for him by Sergeant Wild. A profound silence succeeded, for the horses of the parliamentarians, after two years campaigning, had become veterans as to the men themselves, and trained to keeping still. Not a neigh uttered, no noise save the slight tinkle of curb or bit, and an occasional angry stamp at bite of the brief lie, but the one could not be distinguished, even at short distance, amid the continuous screeching of jays, and often repeated gluck-gluck-gluck of the green woodpecker, whose domain was being intruded on while the other might be mistaken for courts of pasture. To the surprise of all in Ambuscade, the pursuing party appeared to be coming on very slowly, and in truth was it so. Two reasons retarded them. Their horses were not Saladin's, and the best of them had become blown in the gallop against the steep acclivity more than a mile in length. But the riders themselves had grown discouraged. In their last glimpse, God of the fugitive, he was so far ahead, and his mount showing such matchless speed it seemed idle to continue the chase. They but hoped that some chance party of Scudamore's men from hereford might be patrolling the road farther on, and intercept him. So, instead of pressing the pursuit with Ardor, they lagged on it, toiling up the steep and straggled line, and at a crawl. Some twenty of the best horse, however, had forged a long distance ahead of the others, who were following in twos and threes, with wide intervals between. And among the laggards was Lingen, instead of in the lead, as might be expected in the commander of a partisan troop. Fond of display, and that day designing exhibition of it, he rode to charge for a superb appearance, one of the sort for show, not work. As a consequence, after the first sport of the pursuit, he had fallen hundreds of yards behind, and was half inclined to turn around and ride back to the inn, under pretence of looking after his other prisoners. But there was no going back for those who had pushed on, nor much farther forward. Having surmounted the summit of the pitch, they heard a heavy trampling of hoofs with the dreaded slogan, "Got and the Parliament," and saw two large bodies of horse, one on each flank, simultaneously closing upon them at a charging gallop. These came on so quick the surprised party at no time either to turn back or make a dash onward ere seeing the road blocked before and behind a surround complete as sudden accompanied by the demand "Surrender," made a tone of determination that would not brook refusal. Of the score of cavaliers so challenged, not one had the heart to say nay. They had left the courage below with their spilt wine-cups, and now cried, "'Quarter!' in very chorus, delivering up their arms without striking blow or firing shot. "'Where's Harry Lingen?' cried Carl, spurring into the midst with a drawn sword. "'I don't see his face among you,' adding, with a sneer, "'such a valiant leader should be at the head of his men.' Then, fixing on one he knew to be a cornered of Lingen's light horse, he vociferated, "'Say where your colonel is, sirrah, or I'll run you through the ribs.' "'Down the hill, behind somewhere,' stammered out the threatened Sir Bolton. "'He was with us when we commenced this pursuit.' Riding clear of the crowd, Kyle glanced interrogatively down the road. To see the tails of horses disappearing round a corner, some of the pursuers, who, catching sight of what was above, had made about face and were galloping back. "'Let us after them, Welwyn. What say you?' Hurriedly proposed Kyle.' "'Just what I was thinking of. Trevor tells me most of their prisoners are my own men, those taken at Holymead. They shall be rescued, whatever the risk.' "'Not much risk now, I fancy. Ling lot are so demoralised they won't stand a charge. We needn't fear following them up to the gates of Goodrich Castle. And we can get back to Monmouth that way, well as the other.' "'That way we go,' then said the knight terminately, and down the pitch started the two colonels with their respective followers.' a detail having been hastily told off to guard the prisoners just taken. Meanwhile the sheriff had been balancing between advance and return. Vexed with the cause which retarded him, he was vowing he would never again bestride the showy brood, when he saw several of his men coming back down the pitch at breakneck speed, as they approached calling out, "'Treason! A surprise!' "'Treason? What mean you?' he demanded, drawing his sword and stopping them in the headlong flight. "'Are you mad, fellows?' "'No, Colonel, not mad.' "'Someone has betrayed us into an ambuscade. "'The roundheads are up the hill. hundreds, thousands of them.' "'Who says so?' Uh, "'We saw them, Sir Henry.' "'You couldn't have seen roundheads. "'There are none in these roads. "'It must be some of Scudamore's men from hereford. False! you've been frightened at your own shadows. "'But, Colonel, they've taken a party of ours prisoners. "'All that were ahead of us. "'We heard the surrender and saw them surrounded. "'I shall see it myself before I believe it. "'About and on with me.' The men thus commanded, however reluctant to return towards the summit, knew better than to disobey, but their obedience was not insisted upon. In the narrow way, ere he could pass to place himself at the head, a horseman came galloping from below, and pulled up by his side. A courier with horse in a leather of sweat, showing he must have ridden far and fast, but the slip of paper hurriedly drawn from his doublet, and handed to the sheriff told all. Unfolding it, he read, Kyle has betrayers. Massey and Monmouth, large body of horse, several hundred. Walwyn's forest troop, and some of Kyle's old hands, with the traitor himself, gone out along Hereford road this morning before daybreak. Destination not known. Be on your guard. The informal dispatch, which showed signs of being written in great haste, was without any signature. None was needed. The bearer, personally known to Lingen, giving further details voce while its contents too truly confirmed the report, just brought by the soldiers from the other side. Among cavaliers, Sir Henry Lingen was of the bravest, and would not cry back from any encounter with fair chances. But he was not foolhardy, nor lacking prudence when the occasion called for it. And there seemed such occasion now. He knew something of Sir Richard Walwyn and his foresters, as also of Kyle and his following, and what he might expect from both. They would not likely be out that way unless in strong force. Several hundred, the despatch said, pity it was not more exact, while his own number less than two. Besides, besides, if the returning soldiers were not mistaken, twenty of them had been already snapped up, and the rest would make but a poor fight, if they stood ground at all. He rather thought they would not now, and so reflecting reigned his unwieldy charter round, and rode back down the pitch, at a much better pace than he had ascended it. Picking up all stragglers on the way, he meant doing the same with his prisoners left at the inn but before he had even reached it he heard hoof-strokes thundering down the hill behind in a multitudinous clatter that bespoke a large body of horse coming close upon his heels so close he no longer thought of cumbering himself with prisoners but swept on past those at the hostelry in a soft kaput flight the guards going along and leaving them there in the state of supreme bewilderment not long however till they understood why they had been so abruptly abandoned in less than five minutes after broke upon their view the banner of the sword-stepped crown, and beneath it coats of Lincoln green, with that plumed from tail of Chanticleer, the uniform of the forest troop, their own. In a trice they were freed from their fastenings, and armed with the weapons taken from the party of cavaliers that had been caught by the head of the pitch, riding the horses too, after a quick exchange. In short, everything reversed, and then away from the halting place with cheers and a charging gallop, no longer prisoners, but pursuers never did the chanters or changes of war receive better or more singular illustration than upon that autumn's morn along the road between eckenbury and goodrich at early daybreak a royalist host in noisy jubilance conducting a score of dejected captives towards hereford and before the sun had detained meridian height a like number of prisoners going in the opposite direction under guard of parliamentary soldiers some difference however in the mode of march and rate of speed the former leisurely slow as a triumphal procession the latter a hot eager pursuit that permitted no tarrying by the way nor was there on the return passage either jesting or laughter instead now and then shouts in stern angry tone the demand surrender as some fleeing cavalier cursed with a short winded horse had to pull up and call out quarter so on to the gates of goodrich castle into which Lingen, malgré his indifferent mount contrived to enter quick closing them behind the pursuit could go no farther North pursuers make entrance after him. In that strong fortress he might bid defiance to cavalry, even the best artillery of the time. Famine only had he to fear. But to so shut him up, so humiliate him, was a triumph for Kyle, his ancient foe. And, as the latter turned away from the defying walls, the smile upon his face told how greatly it gratified him. A revenge he had gained for some wrong Slingen had done his father. And, now that he was himself to rule in Monmouth, he had hopes ere long to make a real revenge of it by raising Goodrich Castle to its foundation stones. End of chapter Fifty: An Ambusgate. Recording by Mocha.